0: We thank you for being with us here on South Florida Sunday, and we'd like to welcome our next guest. Dr. Stephen Chastain is here to speak with us uh, about uh, all things associated with the American Heart Association, and uh, we have some things to talk about due to this being May, and that is Stroke Month. Doctor, welcome to South Florida Sunday. Tell us uh, what we don't know about strokes.
1: Well, there's a lot of months. I guess there's like twelve, right? Mm-hmm. So right. <laughs> this is actually designated Stroke Month, and you may not have known that, um, but it, you know, I found out that it's a federally designated month, and the whole idea is to raise awareness of stroke. So, uh, stroke is affecting communities. It's a leading source of disability. Uh, I work with rehab and uh, at a rehab hospital and deal with stroke patients. So that's kind of the um, the environment that I'm coming from. So stroke is really something I'm passionate about, and we're trying to raise awareness about, you know, how to prevent stroke, how to treat stroke, and how to get people back to living their normal lives.
0: And uh, we see here uh, in, this, uh, in our cheat sheet uh, the phrase brain healthy. What exactly does brain healthy mean?
1: You know, brain healthy, I think we all want a healthy brain. Uh, you know, the brain kind of governs, everything our personality our ability to communicate our ability to walk and to, to get to the next place so definitely we cannot live without our brain it's uh, it's a key part of who we are as a person and most people don't consider stroke anything to do uh, you know with their heart and they focus more about their heart but they really need to consider it a vascular problem so if we think about, cardiovascular, cerebrovascular, peripheral vascular, all of this has to do with the vascular system. And the American Heart, American Stroke Association, you know, identifies strokes as part of this continuum. Um, Certainly it's very frequent that people would have a stroke. Every 40 seconds someone has a stroke in the U.S. And like heart disease, you know, lifestyle and other things um, can um, be uh, evaluated, and it's largely preventable uh, with some changes in our lifestyle.
0: And tell us more about those lifestyle changes. What do we need to do to make sure that we uh, we we achieve that goal?
1: You know, a lot of these are just hand in hand with things that you would do with your heart, and it's kind of like we all know about it. Um, you know, I, I just want to talk a little bit about smoking cessation. So. Uh, it, it was interesting a few years back, I, I tried to find out why was the number one reason that people would quit smoking. And, um, you know, I, I keep hoping, you know, that they'll make the cost of cigarettes so high that they can't afford them. But, but, you know, they are certainly more costly. But the number one reason is their doctor told them to. So, you know, it, listen to what your doctor's advising you. And, and it may be something that you've done and you you know, certainly you can cut back a little bit, but smoking nearly doubles your risk for stroke. And then after quitting one year later, your risk of heart attack and stroke are half of what they were before. But that's, that's still an amazing statistic that if you were to stop smoking today, one year from now, your risk is only half of what it was before. And it takes 15 years for your risk of heart attack and stroke to be the same as a non-smoker. So there's some lasting damage that you're doing with your smoking, uh, and, and you know I, I'm compassionate to people that you know need to smoke or have to smoke or withdrawing from tobacco. Uh, a lot of times, it's just because you failed 20 times doesn't mean you won't be successful on the 21st. Um, some other things you can do certainly are blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, eating healthy, watching your salt and sugar. Uh, all of those things would be helpful for your heart or certainly helpful for your, your brain uh, as well. Um, blood pressure, I, I get a lot of questions about blood pressure. Doctor, you know, my blood pressure is this. What is the, what is the stroke level uh, for blood pressure? And, and the real answer is uh, the lower the better. So if you have high blood pressure, uh, you should be aware of, you know, where your numbers are and get the counseling that you need to make sure that you're in a good level. But there's not, you know, is it 160 over 90? Is it, you know, 200? The answer to the question is, um, you know, if you're over 140, definitely you're at increased risk for stroke. Um, exercise more is certainly important. Um, you know, walking just 30 minutes a day, that, doing that cardiovascular Activity with walking is certainly helpful as well. Uh, You know, it's important to consider what kind of stroke that you're talking about. So if you think about what causes stroke, there's uh, cerebral vascular disease that's inside the skull. There's carotid disease, which is in the neck, and there's something called atrial fibrillation, uh, irregular heart rhythm. And those are three types of strokes that can be associated with clotting. And then you can also have a type of stroke associated with hemorrhage, and hemorrhage is, uh, makes up only 10 to 15% of stroke, and that's often associated with excess alcohol and high blood pressure. So, you know, stroke is a little bit more, um, more different uh, about, you know, it's not just like a heart uh, attack. We know that it's caused by a blockage in the heart artery. With stroke, it's, uh, it's a lot uh, more varied as to the causes.
0: And it's also true uh, that the, uh, the the quicker that you receive treatment uh, in the event that you're having a stroke, the, the better uh, chances for a good outcome.
1: Yeah, this is true. You know, when I was uh, in my training in the 90s, um, you know, the EMS, or emergency medical system, the ambulance crew, if they were going to the house of someone that they called 911 for a stroke, they might stop at the convenience store on the way and, <laughs> You know, get a coke and a candy bar, and, <laughs> and and really, there was no urgency to get that patient to the hospital. Mm. Uh, we now know that there's a critical window uh, to get to the hospital, and even, even more so. I mean, we know if you're having a heart attack, you feel the elephant sitting on your chest, it's going into your neck. You know, you want to get to the hospital as soon as you can. But with stroke, it's even, even more critical that you're going to lose brain tissue the longer that you wait. In fact, there's there's a critical window. You have to get to the hospital within two to three hours of this starting so that you can get the workup done so they can get the clot busters going. If they wait more than four hours, then what happens is the clot busters they might use would actually cause more harm than good. So we know that getting it in the first few hours is critical. So if you're sitting at a restaurant and you can't, you know, swallow, you can't talk, you can't move your arm, then, you know, you need to say, you know, this is when it started. This is, I'm getting to the emergency room as soon as possible. And, you know, every month I see a, a stroke patient in our rehab hospital that they they noted that with dinner, that they couldn't move their, their arm and they thought it was just weak. Maybe they slept on it or something and they went to bed and then they woke up the next morning and it was still there. Well, you know, they've already missed their window. They're like 12 hours out. There's no way they can get the, the clot buster medicine. Um, there are some new things they can do to pull clots out, and that goes out for 24 hours. So uh, even if it's more than four hours, don't dilly-dally. Just go ahead and get into the ER and get evaluated and see what's going on.
0: And, of course, when talking about stroke and talking about early detection and symptoms, uh, we hear the phrase fast Uh, quite frequently. Uh, Tell us about FAST.
1: So FAST is an abbreviation or a mnemonic, if you will, just to remind you of certain things. So uh, if you don't remember what FAST stands for, just remember what it says. So FAST means get there as soon as possible Mm -hmm. if you have any stroke symptoms. So I don't, you know, if you forget what the the abbreviations are for, just remember that take-home point. But F F means face drooping, so if you look in the mirror and you smile and your smile is crooked, uh, then one side of the face is drooping, then that could be that there's some paralysis going on there. So when I see a a patient and I do this part of the neurologic exam, I say, smile, show me your teeth. So you could do that in the mirror. You can do that to a, a loved one. And if one side of the face is drooping, that could be a sign of a stroke. Uh, The A uh, stands for arm weakness, so if one arm is weaker than the other, so a lot of times I'll have them pull their arms up together and hold both arms up. And if you, say, hold them equal about the level of your your chin and one arm sags down, then that's a sign that um, that, that there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, The S stands for slurred speech, Uh, so if the speech is slurred, you know, it's, it's like they got mashed potatoes in their mouth and they can't get the words out. A lot of times we you know, we call it word salad. It's a part of the brain that governs speech, and instead of it being clear and enunciated, it's, uh, it's like all the words are gibberish. They don't make any sense. Um, what you can do is to, you know, if it's your loved one, you can have them... They repeat after me and say something to them and see if they can repeat it clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times they'll say, say no ifs, ands, or buts, and then they'll say no ifs, or buts, mm-hmm. and it'll come across very muffled, and that'll be a sign of a problem. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, T. Uh, T stands for time. You know, don't dilly-dally, call 911. Let's get something uh, sorted out because before... You can do anything with a stroke. You have to get a CAT scan. You have to get a CT to see if there's a hemorrhage. Like I said, uh, 10 to 15% of strokes are bleeding. You don't want to give clot buster medicine to everybody. Uh, If 10% of the strokes are hemorrhage, you would make the hemorrhage worse. So uh, there's going to be a uh, a, a time there where they have to get a, a CT scan to figure out exactly what's happening.
0: And if folks listening to us want to find out more information about uh, about strokes here during National Stroke Month, find out more about the American Stroke Association and the American Heart Association, uh, where is the best place for them to go?
1: Well, there are certainly American Heart, American Stroke have very nice websites that you can go to. You're actually, your community also has an American Heart uh, Association, so they have a community outreach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, uh, I see a lot of people that don't even have a primary physician. So if you're over the age of fifty and um, you ha- you don't have a primary physician, I think I want to encourage, you know, folks to develop that relationship. Even you know, if it's just a once a year uh, check-in, so that they can screen for things like high blood pressure, atrial fibrillation, your cholesterol panel, and things like that.
0: Excellent, and good advice. I want to thank you so much for getting us up to date on uh, all things American Heart Association and uh, the latest innovations in uh, treatment for stroke and prevention as well. And we hope folks will go to the website and get additional information. Doctor, I want to thank you for being our guest here on South Florida Sunday. Oh, great. Thanks. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music music,